Hello everybody, welcome to the Chenzor Dynasty here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. I am your host, James Chen, aka jchenzor. And we are here uh, in February now for, um, I think this is the first uh, post-Evo Japan uh, Chen Reaction episode that I've done. Uh, it's been a little bit because obviously I was in Japan for about a little over a week and just had a little bit of extra vacation afterwards, so haven't really had a chance to do as much streaming as I want to, but we're back here for Chen Reaction, and we're going to be talking about the Evil Worlds lineup now, just to let you guys know as well, if you're wondering what's going on, if you tuned in because you were expecting First Attack, the first educational episode of First Attack in 2020, that'll be coming up right after the Chen Reaction. I just want to go ahead and uh, this is this is the schedule now, as you probably had saw, saw earlier this week, I have the schedule, and on Thursdays, I start with the Chen reaction slash ask Jay Chenzor sections and then I will jump into the first attack just to give people the ability to kind of wander in onto the stream and make sure they don't miss a lot of first attack which is uh, I'm sure a lot of people are very interested in seeing so let's do the Chen reaction here today we're talking about the evil lineup it was revealed on Tuesday just a couple of days ago couple of very surprising uh, elements to this right so there were the game that you know we expected right uh, Street Fighter 5 almost guarantee Tekken 7 almost guarantee Super Smash Brothers Ultimate almost a guarantee in my opinion I really believe Grand Blue Fantasy Versus was also going to be a guarantee right one side game side games has been a sponsor of Evo in the past two it's just one of the big games everybody's super excited for this game and it's gonna be a really great way to bring in new audiences etc etc uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus has a lot of potential to bring in a very large audience so I felt like that was a guarantee uh, the ones that uh, were a little bit uh, surprising uh, that, you know, were obviously on the bubble. We have Dragon Ball Fighters, We have Undernight, Inbirth, uh, CLR, Uniclare, Soul Calibur 6, and Samurai Showdown. Those four were kind of on the bubble. And then the big shocker was that they are doing a 20th anniversary Marvel vs. Capcom 2 tournament. In fact, when they called it tournament, it's called 2 ornament. So, like, the 2 is like the T, you know, how people do stuff like that, like 13 Ghosts or whatever like that. But MVC2 is back into the lineup, and that part is pretty, pretty wild. So, uh, and pretty exciting as well. Obviously, MVC2 has a very, very storied, uh, has a very storied history, I guess you can call it, at EVO. And so here you go, here you see the lineup here. This is the official lineup here. Let's just bring this graphic up over here. So Undernight and Undernight and Birth, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Dragon Ball Fighters, Tekken 7, MVC 2, and they even put it in the middle too. Uh, Street Fighter 5, Soul Calibur 6, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Samurai Showdown. So that those are the games that are ending up at Evo this year. Now, obviously, um, 
there's a couple of surprises. I mean, the four games that, like I said, I feel like we're going to be there were a given. So here's, uh, what about the four, like, little fringe games, right? So Samurai Showdown. Obviously had a big showing uh, last year and, and a very interesting storyline as well. You know, the top eight was rife full of former EVO champions, uh, former EVO top eight finishers. And, you know, it was a really kind of a boon for old school players. It was uh, really cool. Oh, is it 20 ornament? I thought it was... T-2-O-U-R, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know it's for the 20th anniversary, but I thought it was T-2-O-U-R-N-A-M-E-N-T. <laughs> anyway, whatever. But, you know, so um, Samurai Showdown, however, a lot of people have been talking about how it seems to have fallen off a little bit, etc., etc. But apparently that isn't the case. Evo has decided to bring Samurai Showdown back. I am personally happy with this. I think Samurai Showdown is a fantastic game. In fact, uh, the Patreon supporters of Ultra Chen TV will be able to see my thoughts on Samurai Showdown uh, very soon, uh, potentially tomorrow. Uh, but I'm happy to see it return. I'm really glad to see it return as to why it's coming back. I'm not sure. You know, obviously, there's really hard to know uh, why a lot of games are in or out. The one thing I do want to say is a lot of people always joke about or even, probably not even joke about it. They, they always talk about, you know, oh, this developer paid more than that developer and that's why it's not there, etc., etc. I mean, if you really honestly want to believe that SNK had more money than some of these other companies and got Samurai Showdown into the EVO lineup. If you really think that that's the case, uh, I don't know. I, I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a boat to sell you, basically. <laughs> I've got a boat to sell you. Um, to be honest with you, though, uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about is I always feel like EVO does try to make sure that they find games with different amounts of entrance. I don't know if they're always trying to go for the game with the most amount of entrance, to be honest with you, because th th if they do, it makes it that much harder to run the tournament. So a lot of times I feel like they try to find tournaments with smaller entry numbers that they can use to finish out on Friday, right? Uh, MVC2 feels like that's filling the slot, and by making it an invitation, that's almost a guaranteed way to make sure that they don't have to run as many events. They can still have nine games without having to dedicate as much time and effort into all nine games, right? If you had nine games with 2,000 entrants each, that would be rough for them. And so I feel like they intentionally try to spread out, you know, the sizes them. And so I feel like Samurai Showdown might be one of the games that they feel like is going to be on the smaller side. Same with Soul Calibur 6. I feel like both of these games are kind of in the same precarious position to be dropped. Uh, and I'm happy that both of them are there because I really enjoy both of the games. I really like that Soul Calibur is there along with Tekken because the 3D games have always had kind of like a story history in the fighting game community. To have both of them there is wonderful. Continuing the representation of the 3D styled Bandai Namco fighters. Shoutouts to NDO for the subscription. Suck my nuts, NDO. Hope you know the inside joke. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the situation. So I'm really happy to see Soul Calibur back and Samurai Showdown. They might be expecting lower numbers from these games and that's why they have them included. That's Again, this is my own personal theory. I haven't heard anything from anybody. This is just kind of what I believe that putting them in there is because they're expecting lower numbers. Shout out to Shin Jones for the subscription. Suck my nuts. Shin Jones, hope you know the inside joke. 
Um, do you think less frequent patching is affecting MK11 with older NRS game patches with more frequency? So people are talking about the changes at least. No, Beyond Two Bulls. I think it's actually. Oh, shout out to Darth Proto Man. Suck my nuts, Darth Proto Man. Uh, hope you know the inside joke. Uh, um, but uh, I don't think the patching has anything to do with the MK11 stuff. We'll talk about that in a little second. Uh, Uniclair, I actually thought was more likely to show up than Soul Calibur 6 and Samurai Showdown because it was a brand new game. It's going to be a brand new version of the game. And I think Eunice was so successful last year. And I think the, e the Evo staff really has appreciated the effort that the community of Eunice has given. You know, um, they had great anime Evo turnouts before it was an official game. It kept growing, you know, and, and the game has its own events, thanks to Shinobi, in Climax of Night, etc., etc. So I feel like the Evo staff recognizes and really wants to reward the kind of community effort that, Eunice, that, Uni, that Uni has had, Undernight in Birth, Unib has had. And so I feel like Uniclair was almost more of a given than any of these other games. Now, now, the interesting part to me is if one of the big games was going to get dropped, I really felt like it was going to be Dragon Ball Fighters before the uh, Chen reaction started. I was talking with my stream. Some people weren't even aware that the Dragon Ball Finals were this weekend. I feel like the numbers have dropped for it. Uh, I just feel like the entrants haven't been as into it. I know the players themselves are a little frustrated with the game with with, uh, you know, baby Goku being a little too strong, GT Goku, etc., etc. I know um, some people, like, even at Fighting Tuesday after Evo Japan, I went there, there was plenty of Soul Calibur and Tekken players, but Dragon Ball only had, like, 18 entrants, even though it was, like, international. It might have been more than 18. I, I don't, I don't want to misrepresent it if I have the numbers wrong, but I just remember there just wasn't that many entrants, and they finished Dragon Ball Fighters really fast, even though there was all the international players from out of town, etc etc et so um yeah so i thought dragon ball fighters might have had a chance of dropping out but it stayed in there and then they added mvc2 so the two games that did get dropped were bb tag which i really felt like had a very strong chance of dropping out of the lineup I really uh, was suspicious that BB Tag wasn't going to make it. In fact, in my predictions, I didn't even have BB Tag in there. Uh, and then Mortal Kombat 11. Now, this is the weird one. Mortal Kombat 11 is kind of the shocking one for having dropped out of the lineup. Uh, this one was the one that caught everybody by surprise, especially the NRS fans out there. If you were watching on the Tuesday show, we had live reactions to the announcement, and obviously David, a big fan of NRS games, was positively uh, crestfallen that the game was not in the lineup. And for me, it's really shocking. Like, I, there was just no reason why... I would have thought they would have dropped. Like, I felt like MK11 was almost kind of more on the guaranteed scale, right? Because that's their NRS entry for the year. They've had an NRS game year after year after year after year, right? There hasn't not been an NRS game since MK9. MK9 was there for two years, then Injustice, then MK10, then Injustice 2, and then MK11. And so this is the first NRS game that's only managed to survive one year and it's very interesting to me now I don't know maybe they were looking for one of the higher entry games to pull out of the lineup to make it a little bit more smooth running to make it flow uh, there's a lot of uh, thoughts out there as well that perhaps 
you know, maybe they, there's some deal that we don't know about that they're going to be able to broadcast, let's say, all the top eights on ESPN2 or something like that. And obviously Mortal Kombat 11 is too violent for that. Uh, I know there are a lot of uh, MK players out there um, who aren't enjoying the game as much right now. I, I see a lot of chatter all the time on social media about people saying, oh, I don't like MK11, which is odd because I felt like MK11 is actually in a really great position. I feel like it's one of the, you know, a really strong entry in the series. I like the neutral focus of it. I like the systems that the game has. Uh, I think it plays really well. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et um, but uh, well, all right. But uh, Darth Protoman. So remember, I I'm talking about NRS, right? So even though there hasn't been an MK, uh, there's always been an Injustice, at least, right? So not having MK, but Injustice has been there. So it's not just Mortal Kombat. I'm just talking NRS games. But this is true beyond two bowls. Uh, Evo's not afraid to drop anyone. There was a Marvel game every every year, but ended with MVCI. And the interesting thing about it is a lot of people, you know, they complain about this, right? It's funny whenever Evo does a lineup and then they don't include something like KOF 14 and they're like, Evo doesn't care about the small games. They only care about the games that bring numbers. And then when you have a situation where MK11's dropped, they're always like, what? Why would you do that? MK clearly has more entrance and more interest than, you know, Soul Calibur 6, blah, blah, blah. And then people turn around the opposite way and get mad at Evo for different reasons. I frankly kind of like the way that Evo is very unpredictable with their lineup because I, I, you really can't see a common theme of motivations on what game goes in there. I really just feel like they're putting in the games that they just kind of want to see. Uh, to be honest with you, you know, so that's why I'm glad to see something like Samurai Showdown still there, Uniclair still there, etc., uh, etc. Et now, um, yeah, side games do get a lot of representative representation, just like Genobite is saying in the chat, right? So Anime Evo exists out there. I don't know if Anime Evo is going to run an MK11 side tournament. That seems kind of weird because it's not part of thematically part of their, you know, theme of the anime games and stuff like that. However, uh, Evo has done a lot of work in also rewarding medals and prizes and giving a stage specifically to the side games. You know, games like Sailor Moon were. Run on uh, Sailor Moon S were run on the Evo stage last year. Uh, MVCI and MVC3 had their spot on the stage last year. They actually get to play like the top four, top eight of certain games on those stages during the course of the weekend. Will MK11 be one of those? That just depends on the community. They have to apply for it and then someone has to go there and actually run it. Uh, do I think people put too much importance on Evo representation? <coughs> Um, oh really? I heard, I, I heard already the guy who runs Combo Breaker is going to run the MK11 at, MK11 event at EVO with David. So Rick Thayer and, uh, the Hado and David are gonna run it, huh? Those two guys are gonna run it? That's gonna be really interesting. <laughs> uh, Darth Protoman, like I said earlier, I don't find Grand Blue a surprise at all. It's a brand, they always have a brand new game every year at EVO. 
This one has the potential to bring a lot of new players in. Grand Blue is a huge franchise, huge franchise in Asia, right? And, and it's also one of the most beautiful games that exists right now. And it's very beginner friendly. So I thought Grand Blue Fantasy Versus was a lock, to be honest with you. But back to Nuticon's questions, do I think people put too much importance on Evo representation? I do. I do a little bit. You know, I saw some tweets from people saying like, well, now that MK11 is not at Evo, I have no motivation to play this game anymore. And it just seems kind of silly to me about that. Like, I don't think that that's the way it should work. Obviously, getting into Evo is important, and it really motivates people and motivates players. It's been the case for, a lo for years and years and years, and I really wish it wasn't the case. You know, it made me happy to see an event, you know, like, for example, Melee is not going anywhere. In fact, Melee kind of got back in it because the documentary kind of brought it to life again and everything, and then the, 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 the charity... Uh, the charity thing that uh, voted Melee back in there. They kind of, the smashing has always been able to thrive sans Evo, right? And I think that's kind of important. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm happy to continue to see Undernight and Birth supported by Evo because their scene kept growing without Evo. They did a great job supporting their own community without Evo, and I feel like they kind of got rewarded by, by being put into Evo. I feel like that's one of the things. If your community relies on Evo to have your game in the lineup so that your scene can be strong, I think that means your scene is not strong, right? I think that's the important thing. I think people need to understand that. And you shouldn't count on being at EVO to keep, keep your community going. And you should always kind of make the assumption that you're not going to be there and do everything you can to keep your game thriving and uh, keep generating the interest, keep generating the content, etc., etc., uh, I think is really important. And so this is going to be a big test for the NRS community. It's going to be a big test to see uh, how they respond to this kind of situation. I frankly hope that they come through with flying colors and keep their game alive. And in the past, I would have said, you know, make sure you go to EVO, throw a hell of a side tournament. That's not necessary anymore because of events like Combo Breaker and CEO and East Coast Throwdown and all of the big E events that have, you know, supported NRS games throughout the years, etc., etc. There's plenty of other events to go to, but... I would like to see them make sure that they support their scene, right? Continue to work hard, continue to keep the interest going, continue to keep the hype going, throw another one of those Florida versus Texas events, etc., etc. Really keep the game on the map, uh, in other words. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll come back the next year because it seems like NRS has intentions to support Mortal Kombat 11 for longer periods of time. So I really, really hope that it, they'll, they'll maintain it. I really, really hope that the, that the scene will continue to keep uh, MK11 alive because it's really about them. And, 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 you know, obviously I'm a big supporter of EVO. Everybody knows that, that I'm, you know, I've been involved with it before. I've been, uh, I've seen the history of it grow, etc., etc. I know why it's so important. But at the same time, I do believe that communities and games need to understand that EVO is not the end-all, be-all of how your community thrives.
right? If Undernight in Birth did not become an official evil game, you know, I doubt Shinobi wouldn't run Climax of Night anymore. I'm sure the Eunice community would have continued to break numbers at a combo breaker, at a side tournament, at Evo, at a CEO, etc., etc., etc. And, you know, that's the key right there. That's the key for a community is that you have to stay strong. Now, again, why was MK11 dropped? Who knows? There's so many reasons, right? Like, it could potentially be because a lot of the NRS games have massive drops in the second year uh, as someone was mentioning about injustice um, uh, some people have mentioned you know it could be the violence and Evo just doesn't want to deal with the violence maybe NRS has their own plans maybe NRS was like Warner Brothers was like no we don't want to be at Evo or maybe Warner Brothers got to a point where like we're big enough Evo you have to pay us to allow you to have Mortal Kombat at the event you know there's all sorts of reasons why MK11 might not have shown up there and for everyone to sit there and speculate and spread rumors etc etc I think is problematic I think it's disingenuous um, because anything you say will be taken as gospel and pretty soon people are spreading lies around everywhere or just spreading guesses everywhere and I don't think that that's very good now um, MVC2 being there is awesome. Like, uh, it's weird because, like, it's cool. We've always wanted them to support older games, and, and they're bringing one back, and then some people are still unsatisfied with MVC2 being put in there because, like, oh, you know what? Evo is just putting in there. They're not putting any effort. Well, Wizard just announced that they're doing a last chance qualifier at uh, Evo as well, and so uh, I, I think they're actually going to officially run it themselves as well. Uh, NorCal Regionals, April Annihilation, and Combo Breaker were also announced as the other three qualifying spots for this tournament already, so they've already been working with the community to, to, to provide a bunch of different qualification locations for that. I think it's awesome. Every year I've wanted them to bring back an old game, and so having them actually bring uh, MVC2 back in the lineup, I think is fantastic. I think this is so cool. MVC2, like, uh, battle, uh, shoutouts to Yipes. And see, here we go again, right? It's the same story. It's the same story. MK, I mean, sorry, uh, Unist, very well supported by its fans. Here we go, great turnouts, everything, etc., etc., makes it into EVO, right? You think that MVC2 would not have made it? Do you think MVC2 would have made it into EVO were it not for Yipes and the Battle of the Strongest? So the Yipes every year does the Battle of the Strongest at the end of the year around Christmas time. And every year it's super hype. And every year it generates a crap ton of match arena. And every year it has a ton of viewers. And in fact, Tom Cannon two years ago even donated a big giant chunk to the prize pool as well. And so, you know... Um, Everybody's a fan of MVC2, and, and if it wasn't for Yipes running this battle for the strongest, and then just some of the stuff, like at, uh, you know, Combo Breaker, they had Chaos versus Justin Wan, they had, like, these little exhibitions and stuff like that. If it wasn't for that community, I don't think that Evo would have put it in there. So it's a great example, again, of how the people in the community are pushing their own games without Evo in mind, and that's what gets them the attention to actually make it into EVO. And I think that's really, really super important, right? The community builds the hype for MVC, EVO responds. Community builds the hype for Eunice, EVO responds. Exactly anti-particle. That's basically uh, how it works. And again, Ramen Rider, look, no, 
None of that here. None of that here in this chat, okay? Because honestly, Melee is a wonderful game. It is an amazing game. Uh, obviously, Evo kind of wants to keep it probably to one Smash, and Melee wasn't there last year. I, I expected it to kind of continue that way. But Melee is a fantastic game. Absolutely deserves a spot in Evo. Absolutely would be awesome at Evo again. It's not there. Whatever. But there's no reason to speak ill of these games, etc., etc. It's just not the way that I want to spread the feelings around here. Again, I've always been someone who's about supporting all the different games. Now, BB Tag obviously is going to have a presence at EVO regardless. Uh, Arxis is going to run their own event there because EVO is a stop on the Arc Revo World Tour. So BB Tag is going to be fine over there. Uh, I really do hope, you know, NRS tries to do something, but apparently David and the Hado are going to be running something at EVO for MK11. So that's actually really cool. Super happy about that. So, yeah, again, uh, Malice even says EVO has been responding to the hype. You know, it's it's one of those situations that I'm, I, I, I really feel like the community does drive a lot of it, right? And a lot of people get mad at Evo for not following the community or not listening. I actually think it's the opposite. I actually feel like they do a really good job trying to be fair and everything like that. And I really do think outside, like like I said, this lineup would have been the absolute, uh, I, you know what, I don't want to say this because this sounds mean, but like, I would have expected MK11 in not Dragon Ball Fighters, and that probably would have been my ideal lineup. Uh, again, I know people are aware that I'm not the biggest fan of Dragon Ball Fighters. I'm not trying to speak ill of that game as well. I just feel like it's kind of dropped off a little bit, and I know the players even within the community are not as hype about the game at this point. We're not even sure if a Season 3 is coming, etc., etc. However, this weekend at Dragon Ball Finals World uh, Championships, if they come out with these announcements like, here's Season 3, and look at all these game mechanic changes that we're implementing in the game to spice everything up. It's Dragon Ball Fighters. Reload or Dragon Ball Fighters Accent Core, and all of a sudden there's all this craziness in there. Oh, yeah, we can expect all the hype coming back in. And who knows, maybe Evo was aware of that, and maybe that's why Dragon Ball Fighters is actually in there, right? Maybe that's one of the reasons right there. <laughs> what about Fighters Mega Mix? Does anybody actually play Fighters Mega Mix seriously? <laughs> but in any case, uh, uh, Power Rangers, yeah, Power Rangers, but Power Rangers is going to have a strong presence at EVO as well, also, because the company that made Power Rangers is concluding their Power Rangers World Tour at EVO, so they're going to be running their own tournament there as well, so Power Rangers is already going to have a big presence at Evolution, and it's really kind of turning into that now, right? It's not just about EVO's nine main games anymore. It's the EVO's nine main games, but then all these other companies are running their own major events at their boots, etc., etc. Anime EVO is pretty much, you know, san officially sanctioned by EVO, considering that they give them medals and prizes and stuff like that to, to give away, and they have their own stream and their own stage now for all of their top eights, etc etc you know evo is really uh, that's another thing that's important about evo not being one of the nine main games obviously feels like you've been slighted but there's a lot of ways to have a presence for your game at the event regardless of whether or not that uh you are part of the official lineup or not 
And I think that's kind of important. Or what you do is you just take another event and deem that your evil, right? So that's what Killer Instinct and Skullgirls and Vampire Savior, a lot of the different like older games and newer games uh, have done. Combo Breaker usually is kind of their uh, official, like this is their big tournament, the one that everybody chooses to go to. NRS could do the same. Maybe they just choose to go to Combo Breaker instead to have to, to treat that as their big event. And that's the nice thing is that there are are enough events out there now, ones that are big and worthy enough, like a combo breaker, um, to house that kind of alternate venue for having a big game. So whether or not NRS shows up to the side tournament at EVO is kind of, I mean, obviously if they did, it would be great. It would be a great sign to the EVO staff that, look, the community is here, the community is strong. But you can still do that by going to Combo Breaker, by going to all the events. Bring up the MK11 numbers. Show the hype that is still there for MK11 because MK11 is, you know, still getting new content. Spawn is coming out pretty soon. A lot of new things uh, still happening for the game. So if there is excitement for the game, show people, go to the events, really talk about it, build up the storylines, really highlight your players, etc., etc. I think that's very important. Uh, talking about lots of different games, but can you explain why Dead or Alive 6 is always ditched at every tournament? It's not necessarily ditched because there's a lot of... Uh, um, Big E has been a big supporter of Dead or Alive, so a lot of his events will have Dead or Alive tournaments. But you will notice that the numbers are not very big. The, the player base for Dead or Alive 6 is just not very large. There's just not that many people who play the game competitively. And so um, this is more on, I think, the developers and on the game side that they just need to work on Dead or Alive 6, promoting it, etc., etc. And the community itself probably needs to do a little bit more work as well. Um, adding Dead or Alive 6 as a main game of a lot of uh, tournaments, there's so many games out there right now there are ones that are going to be falling off to the wayside and Dead or Alive 6 is just unfortunately one of those easy candidates because the scene is a little bit smaller. And, and yeah, Darth Protoman has said, you know, it feels like MK11 could be more fluid. There's definitely a lot of gameplay issues, you know, with the game. But then again, there's a lot of people who adore the game and how it plays. It really, you know, let, let's not talk about the gameplay issues necessarily because there are people who enjoy the game very much. And every one of these games have issues, right? Like a lot of people are, you know, angry at Leroy and Tekken right now and Street Fighter V, I mean, God, it's gone through four years of just people absolutely dumping on the game constantly. So, you know, it's just one of those situations where uh, I don't, I don't feel like the gameplay is the important part to focus on right now. If you want to prop your game up, you want to bring it up, have the players play it, the people who do enjoy the game play it and show why it's hype and really spread that kind of uh, knowledge and spread that kind of uh, love uh, for, for your game, basically. And that's kind of what you want to do. That's kind of the, the best way to see it. And yeah, Dead or Alive, you know, A-Theory says is a failure because people see it as a waifu simulator. I don't want to call it a failure, one, right? And two, there is a little bit of that reputation, which I know they tried to kind of go up against. But they're kind of like the opposite of Mortal Kombat, right? Dead or, Alive, Dead or Alive as a series sells well. And their season passes are expensive because they sell all sorts of costumes. They're like the opposite of MK, right? MK, 
Eleven tried to cut down on the sexiness and stuff like that, but they ramped up the violence. Dead or Alive, you know, ramps up the sexiness, right? That's their focus of the game. And uh, unfortunately, they've kind of painted themselves into that corner, right? You can't take it away because when they tried to take a lot of it away for Dead or Alive 6, there was huge backlash. There were so many people mad. I got like tweets all day when Dead or Alive 6 was first announced from people tagging me and being like, this is a scare, like, you know, screw the Team Ninja, why would you do this? Like, this is outrage, 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 right? And so they've kind of painted themselves into this corner where they kind of have to uh, be in that situation. So... Shout outs to A's devs for the sub. Suck my nuts, A's devs. Hope you know the inside joke. Um, uh, they added a lot more of the swimsuit costumes, I think, Instant Riot. Uh, I, I, yeah, basically, they put it all into the DLC. <laughs> Uh, but that's the situation here. So that's the lineup for EVO here. And obviously the big talk is about MK11. That's the one that I think a lot of people are, you know, shocked about. That they're, you know, uh, really, really... And I've seen a lot of people very upset that it's not going to be there. Because there are a lot of fans for it. I know Sonic Fox was very upset about it, etc., etc. But again, you know, you don't have to do this at EVO anymore. That was my mantra from the past. Go to EVO. Run a great side tournament. Show the staff that you guys are... You don't have to do that. You can do that at Combo Breaker now. You can do that at CEO now. Or you can do that at ECT. Uh, just pick an event. Actually, try to pick as many of the events as you can. Really, really showcase the strength of your community. Really showcase the strength of your game. Show people why it's hype. Create cool hype events like the Florida versus Texas thing for MK11. I thought that was fantastic last year. It was one of my favorite things that I watched last year. Um... There's a lot of things you can do, and I, and I really hope that that happens. And, you know, while it is important, obviously, to be part of the main EVO lineup, I don't think it's uh, necessary. I don't think it's something that should be the deciding factor of whether your community lives or dies, right? Again, MVC2 is in because the community got hyped for it without EVO. You, Undernight and Birth series is in because it was something the community got hyped for without EVO. Uh, you know, even Melee before, you know, got in there because it was a community that was strong and hype before, uh, you know, without EVO, right? And so, again, if obviously, if there was no Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Melee would still be in the lineup. I, I mean, I don't even think that's a question. It's just that EVO wants to keep it to maybe one Smash game, and so they gotta pick one or the other. Suck my nuts, Gazzle! Uh, thank you for the subscription. Hope you know the inside joke. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, that's just the thing, right? Uh, the community will always be the determining factor in the end, in my opinion. I think it really it comes down to the community more than anything else. And, you know, maybe even the EVO staff are seeing stuff like the Ronin Rumble stuff, the Soul Calibur World Tour, and how great it is that people are winning different tournaments from around the world you know france uh japan and america are all super strong with it there's a lot of great storylines going in there i don't know again what reasons mk11 aren't in there could be one of a myriad of reasons it's unfair to speculate and spread rumors that get turned into facts that's just how the internet works so you know that's just the way it goes so but but um that's all I have really for the Chen reaction uh, for today. 
Uh, stay tuned. Uh, if you're here on Twitch, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. We're going to do a short Q&A. Not too long. Not too long. This Chen Reaction actually went a little longer than I expected. We'll do a very short Q&A where I'll talk to the chat a little bit and answer some questions. But then almost immediately, we're going to transition over into the very first First Attack 2020. First Attack is the series where I try to teach beginners how to play fighting games. I'm going to try to do a comprehensive progression series of educational videos during the course of this year uh, starting with today today is going to be mostly a philosophical psychological kind of episode where I talk about mindset etc etc but it's this beginning and it's going to lead into a lot more of the meat of first attack that's going to be coming during the course of the year so if you guys are waiting for that that'll be starting up very shortly if you guys are watching this on YouTube just check out youtube.com slash Chen TV. The first episode of First Attack should be out there uploaded already by the time you see this. So definitely check that out. And again, if you guys have a feedback for it, ah, you know what? I'll save that for when I actually do the first attack. But thank you guys for watching the Chen reaction here. Again, if you guys are on Twitch, uh, stick around for the Q&A. But if you guys are watching this YouTube, please follow youtube.com slash TV. Like the video by clicking the thumbs up down over there give me a thumbs up and you know let me know uh, in the comments below as well you know what you know obscure or you know lesser lesser fight lesser played fighting game would you like to see brought back in 2021 if they continue this trend if MVC 2 is back here in 2020 what game would you like to see brought back as a retro game for Evo 2021 let me know in the comments below but thank you guys uh, and for those of you here on Twitch please follow please subscribe bits donations etc etc to keep me going with all the content for all year long and again please subscribe if you feel like the content that I am providing you is worth your subscription so I appreciate it very much be right back guys for those of you guys on Twitch and for those of you at YouTube thanks for tuning in I'll see you guys later Hello everybody, welcome back to the Chenzor Dynasty. We're here at the Ask J Chenzor portion, the daily Ask Me Anything section of my streams. We'll probably run a very, very short session today as First Attack is coming up after this. And I know a lot of people are here because they want to see the First Attack section of this stream today. First Attack, of course, is the series of videos that I did a long time ago. I haven't done one since 2017 where I teach beginner concepts to fighting game people so it's beginner teaching how to play fighting games for a more beginner audience and I haven't done an episode in forever I'm finally bringing it back here it is first attack 2020 in fact I'm gonna try to keep up at least once a week maybe at least three times uh, a month because I might intersperse some FGC history episodes here and there but the intention is to do one every week so that we can really learn how to play fighting games and really get into the meat of fighting games now keep in mind that Thursdays are also 
a day that I will be traveling a lot for events, so there might be a lot of weeks where I accidentally, well, where I, I have to skip it. Uh, this year, this month in February, however, the reason why I wanted to start this month instead of last month is last month I had Evo Japan that I had to travel to. This month, I do not have an event that I'm traveling to on a Thursday, so I will be able to do as much of first attack as I can to get us at a good stride going forward so you guys have a good idea of how first attack will be and you know what to expect out of it and the flow etc etc so this month I'm going to be going in hard with the streamings. Uh, speaking of, uh, I haven't streamed a lot during weekends. However, uh, I do want to do weekend streams every once in a while. This particular weekend, I am going to do a stream. Uh, I am going to do a karaoke stream this weekend. Uh, I don't know yet if I'm doing it on Saturday or Sunday. So uh, I can't uh, guarantee you just yet. Uh, most likely I'm going to try to do it on Saturday, but there will be a uh, karaoke stream. I did a karaoke stream years ago where I did the entire Beatles catalog on Beatles Rock Band uh, for my birthday. So I'm kind of do that again for my birthday this year. My birthday's not this weekend, but it's right afterwards. And um, so I'm going to do a karaoke stream. I'll probably just do rock band uh, songs uh, that way. If people want me to sing crazy rock band songs that are available on rock band, they can actually just donate like $2 and I'll buy the song, etc., etc. And then we'll go from there. But I am going to try to do one this weekend. Most likely it'll be Saturday. I have to run hardware tests and make sure that I can get it all set up and synced up and everything like that. But that's going to happen uh, soon on this weekend. So you guys will enjoy that. It'll be my birthday stream and it should be a really fun time for that. But this is the Q&A section here. Like I said, it's going to be pretty short. Um, if you guys have any questions and want to talk to me again in the chat over here, let me just, you know, give me some, uh, make sure you type at Che Chenzor in the chat to get, uh, my attention so that I can answer your questions here. Uh, what were we talking, um, about a bunch of people were talking about a bunch of stuff. Uh, one thing I do want to say is that, you know, I'm trying to get up to at least around 250 subs. Uh, at least within the first half of the year if I can get up to 250 subs that would actually be really really important because that actually starts making it so that the amount that I get from Twitch becomes a little more significant and can actually affect my uh, my 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 monthly budget if I can get up to 250 subs uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. It would really make it so that I could continue doing this uh, a lot more, uh, really, really more consistently. I would be a lot more financially secure, etc., etc. If I can get to 500 subs by the end of this year, um, I would be in a much stronger position as well. So I'm really kind of excited about that right now. So have I played much of Grand Blue? Uh, I have not. I have not purchased it yet. I do not actually own Grand Blue just yet. And uh, I will at one point in time uh, start to, I will try to grab it and play it and stream myself playing it and such. So, but again, if you guys are enjoying the content, if you guys like the content that I have been putting out, and if you guys are good, hey, shout outs to Iowan Punch. Thank you for the prime sub. Suck my nuts, Iowan Punch. 
Hope you know the inside joke. Um, oh, cool. Nice, Jushen. That'd be cool. If you can get that, uh, if you can actually get that, uh, Jesus, my brother is texting me a bunch. Let me answer him really quick, uh, just so he, uh, I'm around tomorrow, yes, okay. <coughs> okay, so, uh, thanks again, uh, for the subs and everything like that, um, but uh, I'll be starting first attack very soon. But again, you know, obviously a lot of people out there are running into their own financial situations. A lot of people like to tell me, you know, I would sub, you know, once I find the money, I'll get a chance to sub. Don't worry about that. If you're in that kind of a position, go ahead and hold on to your sub. Take care of yourself. Uh, make sure you get yourself into a solid position. Only sub to me if you feel like I am producing content worth your money. Uh, and you have money to spare for that kind of purpose. You know, if you feel like it is uh, justified to uh, submit, you know, basically subscribe, then that is very, very much appreciated. Uh, I do also have a Patreon option. If you want to do more than just sub, there is patreon.com slash jchenzor. Uh, the Patreon money that I'm getting is probably going to go towards just funding editors because the, the with the schedule that I have, I'm going to have that much more content and I'm going to need an editor to help me uh, consistently get all of the stuff onto YouTube. So uh, that will be very useful. So <laughs> he did not at me. Uh, shout outs to Nuticon for the 100 bits. Thank you. Bits and donations go directly towards feeding James's cats. That is actually very, very true. Uh, thank you that for that, Nuticon. I know you always give me bits for the, uh, for the cat stuff, so appreciate that so much. But um, do you know of any super turbo YouTube channels that support the game? There's a lot of stuff out there, my, man of peerless might. Uh, if you do go to uh, twitch.tv slash arcadium, a-R-K-A-D-E-U-M. Uh, that's my cat sitter, for one. Uh, but for two, uh, he runs Monday Night Fights, uh, which he runs like online Super Turbo tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, he would probably also be a better source to let you know uh, where some of the good YouTube channels are. Are you going to do that Zelda example of footsies again? Or are you going to use a different game? Gazel, I'm not, I might use it for a later episode uh, for the example of footsies, but I, I'm probably going to use different examples. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if I actually uh, do that. Does my brother still play fighting games? Uh, not anymore. Uh, he used to play a lot of fighting games. In fact, he's one of the people that asked me, should I buy Street Fighter V when it came out in Season 1? And I was like, no, you should not. Because there's nothing for you in that game. Because he just likes playing against the computer and just, you know, messing around and seeing endings and you know, just knowing what the characters can do. Uh, now he should buy it. Honestly, he should buy it now. Um, because the game is in a great state and I think it would be much more enjoyable for him. But he used to be very good at fighting games. We used to play each other all the time, had plenty of arguments and fights over fighting games. His main hobby is movies, however, so uh, he does not play fighting games as much. He just kind of knows what's going on through me through fighting games. Uh, how do I feel about Nii's latest video to Leroy, asks Zero Striker, where he says that for the first time in his life he is losing interest in Tekken because characters like Akuma 
Geese and Leroy force a seasoned Tekken player like him to forget everything he knew about Tekken, thus ruining the fundamentals of the game. It's a tough situation. Tekken players have not gone through this a lot by having characters who come in and change the way that they expect a game to be played and uh, have to adapt to it. It hasn't been a common thing for them, uh, so it is a tough situation for them. And Tekken is probably the strongest legacy game out there, and so I can definitely see where his frustrations come from, and uh, it definitely needs to be addressed, regardless of whether it's, you know ruining the fundamentals or not. Leroy is obviously a little overpowered. Geese and Akuma kind of screw things up because their lows give them different kind of rewards and such, and they have meters, etc., etc. There probably does need to be a little bit of balance, and if Namco actually goes on the cautious side and makes Akuma and Geese a little bit weaker so that they're not top tier, that they're just high tier, that might be the right place to focus for them. Tekken is an interesting community. It's very isolated and it's very uh, different thought process in how the game should live, right? So, for example, the controllers issue. I had a whole stream where I talked about the cross-up. Oh, where is my cross-up controller? My cross-up controller is sitting somewhere way far away. Oh, it's down over there. I'll grab it later. But, you know, they have to figure out uh, how to deal with that kind of situation as well. The controllers are causing a shakeup in the community, etc., etc. There's a lot of very interesting situations for Tekken, the Tekken community because they live so much on legacy. They live so much through history. And, they, and what they value is so important to them. If you take away the ability to make things like electrics difficult, you know, that to them is, is a very blasphemous decision for the ecosystem of Tekken. So we're at an interesting crossroads for Tekken now. Do the players start to learn to accept a lot of the, the, the kind of changes that are going to be coming towards the game? Or does the community work hard to maintain the legacy to prevent a lot of the new stuff, to ban cross-ups, to, you know, really push for a nerf of those characters or just start banning those characters from tournaments? Like, at some point in time, the Tekken community could just be like, you know what, we don't like Leroy, ban him because he doesn't fit into what Tekken is about, right? There's two ways for it to go. And, and keep in mind, I don't think either way is wrong. I just think that that's what it's coming to. There's, It's coming to a boil. You gotta pick one or the other right and whichever one they go with I'm supporting that decision this was kind of the thing that I had to understand when I first you know was when smash first became like a big presence I was just like well, you should have items and that, all this stuff and why do they play it you know what the community gets to decide how they want to play the game right if so the community wants to play melee the way they want to play melee that's how they're gonna play melee I'm not gonna be with someone here and try to dictate to them how they play the game same thing goes for the Tekken community if the Tekken community wants to play their game a certain way they have absolutely the right to play it the way that they want to play it right so they have to come to a conclusion the community together now has to come to a conclusion of is this game something that they want to continue the legacy and kind of you know quote force the legacy aspect into the game so ban cross-up controllers ban characters like leo etc uh, leroy etc etc or are they going to go you know what Tekken 8 is going to come out and may change everything, so you know what, let's get used to it now. So let's go ahead and accept all these changes because Tekken 8 could be a different... They could pull a Guilty Gear Strive. You never know. 
that Tekken 8 could come out and Harada can be like, I'm changing everything and I want to make this game, you know, so that it's more new player friendly, etc., etc. You never know what's going to happen, right? So does the Tekken community accept that or do they resist that for as long as they can? Uh, show legacy chat like Akuma and Geese uh, always be top tier in any game. Oh, should legacy characters like Akuma and Geese always be top tier in any games? No, no. I mean, it's just however it just turns out. It just turns out that way. Uh, Gazel says, I show that video or use that kind of example to explain it to people, mostly just friends. Sometimes I get to train my work customer kids to. Uh, Big Rowdy Howdy asks, why don't tournaments ban characters as much as they did before? I haven't seen char any character bans at all. Because games these days are fantastic. <laughs> That's why. Because fighting games today are so good when it comes to balance. There's no reason to ban characters. Leroy has been one of the first examples recently of a character being a little bit... Oh, being pretty significantly overpowered, says six out of eight top eight players at EVO Japan. Uh, Leroy is one of the first examples of that, but recently fighting games have been very balanced. Even when the best characters like Rashid in season four are clearly the best character and very dominant, they still didn't win every tournament. So there's really no reason to ban a character like Rashid. Fighting games are in such a wonderful place that the balance for these games is so good. Genjuro might have been banned had they not patched uh, Samurai Showdown so quickly, but that's the other thing too is that we have patches. The reason why we saw bans in old games is because once a fighting game came out, if a character was broken, that was it. You just didn't expect anything to happen. And there have been very, very few character bans actually in, in, in reality. If you look at the history of fighting games, the only characters that have been banned are console exclusive characters and ST Akuma. Outside of that, there really haven't been any character bans in most of the tournaments in fighting games. Uh, fighting games have very much always been a mindset of just let it rock. If it's not clearly overpowered like Akuma and ST is, uh, let it rock. I mean, Akuma was designed to be broken. Akuma is clearly broken. He can't get dizzy. He has no hurt boxes on any of his buttons. He has an air fireball, which no character in ST was designed to fight against. So he was clearly overpowered. And there was clearly no way to beat him for 90% of the cast. So clear ban. But since then, Nakaruru wasn't banned in CVS1, even though clearly she was the best character, etc., etc. Smash Meta Knight was banned in some circles, but that's a whole different situation. Again, different, different community, different side of the community as well. Um, there and and again, you know, uh, even banning Magneto Storm Sentinel or MSP, or if you banned those three characters in Cable, then. Marvel 2 is at a position right now where if you ban those four characters that there's a clear new team that's going to come out and basically dominate everybody. So there's really no reason to ban anybody. I know it's kind of a joke, but I'm, I'm actually responding to it logically just so people understand that banning anything in MVC2 is pointless because and it just it's just like banning Chun-Li and Yun in Third Strike. If you ban Chun-Li and Yun in Third Strike, then, uh, you know, Ken becomes too powerful. You ban Ken, Yang is too powerful. You ban him, Makoto, Dudley, Yurian are too powerful. Like, there's no way to control it. You know what I mean? There's no way to really rein it in. So you just kind of let it rock. And like I said, fighting game community has always been that way. So, um, well, the reason why they wanted to ban some of the DLC characters, Macabre Monster, uh, in the Smash community, 
Um, they just didn't like the random factor of Dragon Quest Hero, and not only that, but uh, he also had text issues. His selections uh, are in different languages, and so it actually, if you're going to Japan, you play in Japan, it's in Japanese. The English player doesn't know what the other guy picked. If you're from Japan or any of the other countries coming to America, you don't know what the U.S. person has picked, etc., etc. That was kind of more of the issue with Dragon Quest Hero more than anything. Um, the question we should ask is, why is everyone else so weak? That's the way fighting games work, right? In fighting games... For example, let's talk about Third Strike, right? Third Strike, the quality of the character is all based on how well they can blow up parries, right? The reason why Chun is so good is because crouching forward, not only does she have amazing buttons, but crouching forward and Kara throw is such a potent mix-up for Chun-Li that parries cannot save you in that game. And she has good ways to combo you off of a forced high parry. She has good ways to combo you off of a forced low parry, etc., etc. She can walk up to you and go roundhouse fireball super if you try to parry down. If you try to parry forward, she can do crouching medium kick into super, right? Ganajin blows up parries completely. Like, you, it's almost impossible to parry unless you're just a god, right? Ken, he's got strong, fierce, fireball, super, or he's got low, short, low, short, super, etc., etc. You look at the worst characters in the game, like 12, 12 doesn't really have a good, very convenient, hit-confirmable way to, to go into a low into super or a mid into super, and the super that he does, the little thing like really doesn't even do that much damage etc so he's low tier because he can't defeat parry so the tiering in fighting games almost always comes out at how do you handle the most important broken thing in the game right and so in third strike it happens to be that in mvc2 it happens to be momentum and cable right can you fight cable can you have ways to get around commando and psylocke assist right do you have a way to get around those anti-air assists if you don't have the movement and if you don't have the way to get in and attack cable uh you you i mean like let, let's put it this way uh blackheart in MVC2 was one of the strongest characters very early on in the game. Very, very strong character. But what people discovered is his best super, the column where the demons fly up and they hit you and then they launch you, flying, screen you. If he hits you with that, Blackheart actually has to slime his way into the screen and show back up again. Well, while he's sliming his way into the screen, Cable actually recovers before Blackheart does half of the flying screens when you when he hits you with that super cable can actually air hyper viper beam blackheart if blackheart ever hits cable with that super and so instantly blackheart dropped off the meta he just disappeared off of mvc2 because he couldn't beat cable cable literally shifted the entire tier list because he's such an important character and the air hyper viper beam is such a powerful and destructive tool that your tier placement your your viability in the game was completely dependent on how you fought cable for most of the characters if you couldn't fight cable you were not viable so that was kind of the situation there so that's what causes characters to be weak 
and it's tough for a lot of people developing games because they don't know what the meta is a lot of the times. And in fact, if they do know what the meta is and they do know what the overpowered thing is when a game comes out, that's a badly designed fighting game, right? Fighting games need to have the open room for people to discover what's strong and what's not. And once we discover that, the characters who do not have the ability to handle those things are the characters that are considered low on a tier list. It's just, can you handle the the way the game plays. If you do not have a way to keep up with the meta, as they call it these days, if you do not have a way to keep up with the meta, you are a low tier character. That's just basically uh, it right there. Um, but great question, fat guy too. I really like that question. So uh, I'm going to just do three more minutes of this and then we'll transition over to the first attacks. I know people want to enjoy that. Uh, I mean, want to watch that and everything like that. So um, let's go ahead and uh, ra start wrapping it up here. But Maxi has a question. Quick question. When playing the 30th anniversary of Super Turbo, when doing short, short super with Ken, how is it that the super still comes out if you start the stick at down position and do a 30, 360 clockwise ending with down forward rather than two quarter circle forwards just playing it here and realized uh, because you're actually putting the input in there right if you're starting it down and you 360 all the way over the supers in uh, the supers in super turbo except for Ryu Ryu is the only one that's not like this all the supers in super turbo are actually down down forward forward down down forward you only have to end that down forward for all the supers in uh, all of for all the characters. Um, so basically, uh, that's how you get the super out, right? Ryu is the only one that requires two full quarter circle forwards, which is why his is actually feels harder to do. Uh, although for Ken, you kind of do have to end that forward because you need to carry cancel stand light kick when you do the render carry cancel into the super. If you're staying crouching. Can you render care cancel the, the third crouching short? I don't think you can because the behavior of that crouching short is that it's a different, it's an uncancelable one. Uh, I'll have to play with that a little bit, Maxi. I'll have to play with that a little bit. So, uh, so Darth Portal Man, okay, here's the big question. What version are they going to use to run the tournament? I mean, PS3 version is crazy, for example. Caper, Hyper, Vite. Per beam, uh, if zero friends, if you're not blocking, blah, blah, blah. They'll probably play the Dreamcast version. And if they do play the Dreamcast version, I really, really hope they hire Arturo Sanchez to stream it. Because Battle of the Strongest looks absolutely beautiful. The way that Arturo streams it, it's gorgeous. It's, it's amazing. So I really, really hope that Arturo is put on the job to stream that uh, for Evo when it comes time because the, the stuff that he's done for the Dreamcast is absolutely beautiful. They will have to use an official game disc though, so none of the custom colors or custom music or anything like that. It's gonna have to be the official music, which I'm happy about because I like the music at MVC2, okay? I mean, yeah, when it came out, I thought it was whack and kind of weird, but it's just, I mean, at this point in time, it's so iconic. Like if I don't hear, gonna take you for a ride, like it's just like it doesn't feel right at all to me it doesn't feel right right i want to hear you know all in all the on all the backgrounds and everything like that so i'm i'm actually uh i actually prefer it to be the original disc to be honest with you so <laughs> Uh, this is question time soul siphon however uh the question time is now over <laughs> 
because I need to transition over to first attack. I'm going to run some ads. So if you guys are ready for first attack 2020, the first episode where I teach beginners how to play fighting games, uh, it's going to start right after this break. And uh, like I said, it's the, the episode is planned to last about an hour. We'll see how long it takes, etc., etc. And not only that, but you know, it's this is the first episode, so there's going to be a lot of establishing stuff. We'll start getting to the really meaty stuff in the later episodes, but there's a lot of things I want to establish in the first episode to get you guys ready and to put you in the proper mindset on how to get good at fighting games. And again, one of the toughest thing about teaching fighting games is that nobody has really come up with a proper way to do it. Every time I've taught first attack, every time I've taught fighting games, I've gone a different route, I've tried a different way, and uh, most of them have been effective for different reasons for certain groups. Uh, I'm gonna try something again completely different this year. Uh, so we'll see how it works. Feedback and all that stuff is always appreciated, but don't go anywhere. Gonna run some ads. Get ready for first attack. Be right back.